Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's good to know when you're washed up, you have a home in Dallas. I don't know what you'd be doing there, but they'll bring you in. Yeah. Oh, Barry hasn't been on TV in five years. But Maybe next year. Here he is. Wheel him out. Might be next week. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Cowboys pregame show. I'm Matthew Barry. That'd be great. Dallas Cowboy Radio. How about them Cowboys? Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Barry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry. He's still with us. He's not with the Cowboys yet. The NFL's nursing home. Not yet. Like call it. Not yet. And Jay I'm not, no, I'm not with the Cowboys yet, but you know who might be with the Mets? The Mets. Jay Croucher. Yeah. Jay Croucher. That's right. Tell, tell me what happened last night. This is very exciting. This is the greatest athletic feat I think I've ever heard of in my life. So I was at a Brooklyn Nets game with James Harden's return to Barclays Center. A sure, good, sure. Uh, 55 people showed up for the game. And so the T-shirt cannon comes out in the third quarter. And uh, it comes, and I see it coming towards me, but it's coming a little bit short. And so I have to reach down into the row in front, and it's down into the left, and I clean grab it in one hand just right out of an 18-year-old's grasp and yeah. take it away. It was really one of my greatest moments. I wish there was video of it. Yeah, I well, there, I was, there was so a few couple, people around cu- who can look at it. A couple of questions. First off, I'm surprised you had good enough seats that the <laughs> t-shirt cannon could reach you. Where or were? No, I, didn't, I didn't realize. You just go I where you want. I didn't realize the cannon reached the third deck. It's like yeah. flying spirit. You yeah. get to the game and everybody oh, sits and where they, they want. That's the Barclays yeah. Center. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. It's a funny joke because it was the third deck, uh, but it was down the bottom of the third deck, okay. and so I, uh, it was just in range. Right, and just when you retell the story at home to your kids, everyone watching. Just, just please tell it that Jay stole a T-shirt from a child. Yes, well, because he 18 is, te- is technically, I guess. He's technically, in the eyes of the law, he's yes. a child. Yes, he, yes. It's true. And then he almost caught another one, and then someone else took it from him. Oh, because it's up night for that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Clippers fan as well, and they lost by seven. Well, there so. you go. That's, yeah, <laughs> so, that's absolutely, about a bad absolutely brutal. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think you're going to make the Nets. No. Uh, but the Mets, perhaps, with perhaps. your fielding prowess. Yeah, you guys need some outfielders. You can be a utility infielder, yeah. maybe, for us. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how free agency goes. Who's your left fielder going into next year? I mean, we're going to find out. It might be me. I could play next to Brandon Newman. You could lean into a pitch quite a bit, get on base. High up, not a lot of hits, but high on base percentage. Yeah, just kind of lean in. Yeah. Take take a few on the elbow, for okay. sure. Okay. All right, you know what today is? Today's <laughs> love-hate day. Yes, it is. It's love-hate day. But before, before we, we get there, get there we got to get to the Roto-World player news. Yes, some That's Roto-World.com right. player news. Yes, and also on NBCSports.com for all your yes. Roto-World player news. The notable injuries we're tracking, and there are lots. Dave Montgomery coming off the bye week. He is practicing in full, looking good for David Montgomery. Same could be said. For Debo Samuel and Christian Watson, who's dealt with quite the array of injuries this year, him practicing in full is a good sign. 
Justin Jefferson is back at practice, but limited, far from a guarantee that he will play this week. Actually looking like he will not, but good sign for him that he's working his way back. Same for James Conner and Zay Jones. But a couple of DNPs, Jamar Chase with a back injury, did not practice. Kenneth Walker with a chest injury, did not practice, especially after being outsnapped by Zach Charbonnet. Damian Pierce with the ankle, he didn't practice. And Josh Downs with that knee injury, did not practice as well here. So Barry, a lot of major injuries and a couple major DNPs on that list. Yeah, I mean, the Jamar one is the one that sort of sticks out to me where you're kind of like, wait, well, it's third, you know. Like, yeah, wait, I mean, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, wait, back? wait, hang on. Especially because, by the way, and I watched this very closely because I had Jamar Chase over as the third leg of a parlay. Yes. Because the first two legs had hit cleanly. And then, I, and then, yes, and then I lost. <laughs> nah. But, like, he had a couple of tough falls on catches that he should have had, but he got <laughs> underthrown. Not bitter about it at all. But, like, that long one that should have been a touchdown – he, under, you know what I mean? Like it just yeah. you're, you, it, that one's a little bit like that's a one's a little eye raising. Pierce and Downs are concerning just because Pierce missed last week. Downs was questionable going into the week, played a little bit and came back out uh, as well. Um, if Kenneth Walker misses and he's missed some practice time and then ends up playing, and Seattle likes to play, I feel like get cute sometimes right. with. Uh, but uh, but obviously Zach Charbonnet would be really interesting if. Uh, if for some reason Ken Walker missed. But again, those are Wednesday practice reports. We'll see what happens later today and tomorrow. Yep, one in Bengals-Texans has dropped from seven to six and a half, and that's a big move coming off seven, which is a key number. So market expects that Chase may not be able to go. And I think that move is especially notable because uh, Damian Pierce has a lot of friends on the injury report. There's 23 Texans listed on Sad. the injury report. Yeah. I've never, never seen room. that many. That has to be a record. I don't know what the record is, but that has to be it, surely. Yeah, so that's a little bit of a concern as well for them going into that tough game against yeah. Cincinnati. On the positive news, Debo Samuel and Dave Montgomery coming back. Welcome back. Much there needed. There you go. Off the bye. Very excited. You'd get them back. Also seems like Trent Williams is probably going to play. At this point, mm-hmm. he's a limited participant, and he is just as key for San Francisco's offense, I think maybe even more so than Debo Samuel, with the ripple effects that has, particularly for Christian McCaffrey. Let's look at the injuries for tonight. Thursday night football, of course, the clash of the Titans in the Panthers versus Bears. DJ Chark with that elbow injury, doubtful. Justin Fields. A little bit of a turn of tone from our last two days. Justin Fields is now doubtful. Matt Eberflus went as far to say he's not going to play with that thumb injury. So Tyson Bajant will get another start. On the good news side, Cole Komet's going to be active. Active. He's cleared from the injury report. Yeah, wiped off the, the way, injury report. That's, i got to tell you, Connor, that is about the nicest way when you're saying a little change in tune from the show the last two days. Because yesterday on this show, we were basically like, look, Justin Fields we is playing. We operated that like, way. We operated that. <laughs> Justin Fields is obviously playing. He's got, you know, and we talked that up. And then literally like 30 minutes after we were done with the show, it was just like, oh, no, he's officially listed as doubtful. And the, the the line quickly moved, you know. I mean, like, we, we were like – because before, I think it was um, pretty close. And it was clear that they – that DraftKings thought Fields was going to play. It was Bears minus four, and Tyson Bajan wasn't going to be a four-point favorite against even against the Panthers. Now it's right. three and a half trending toward, towards three. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it three in some other places as well. Um, and I think it might be three on DraftKings now as well. So, uh, so for sure, it is the Tyson Bajan experience once again um, – for Thursday night. Very exciting. Without Khalil fun. Herbert. By Without the way. Khalil Herbert. He's not. You know, and, and I just want to, as we talk about the fact that, like, so it's, it's the Bears Panthers on Thursday night. Without Justin Fields, without arguably the biggest star on the field, he's not going to play as well. We'll see about the running backs. 
Um, a lot of the defensive stars, Brian Burns is going to play for the Panthers. Like, so a lot of defensive stars on the Carolina side of the ball also out. So we would just like to say that today, you know who drinks free? Everybody that's watching the game tonight. Because God bless fantasy. God bless betting. God bless booze. Because that's how we're all getting through tonight's game. Because I'm watching. I'm watching every single minute of it. But let's be clear. It is not the sexiest of matchups. Tough back-to-backs with uh, Jets, Chargers on the Monday night primetime game. It's, it's not a great advertisement. Well, who knows? Maybe tonight will be a great game. And also, there are some huge Sunday night games coming. Uh, admittedly, not Jets Raiders. I was going to say, but... start with Jets Raiders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aiden O'Connell, Zach no. Wilson. Well, there's some big primetime games coming up. There's got Eagles Chiefs and you've got Bengals Ravens coming up. Be good. And the great thing about the NFL is you just you never know when sometimes know. two teams that aren't that great, but like all of a sudden it can be fireworks. It could be an amazing game. And Tyson Bajan's been surprisingly competent as well. This yes. isn't a Tommy DeVito situation. Yeah, I I can't tell you how many times my wife has no. turned to me and said there's exact you've been surprisingly competent. competent. There we go. Yeah, I just we want you to know that. that. Just yeah. so you know. Yeah. This, this <laughs> a, a, it's a constant <laughs> constant phrase for my wife. Yeah. Okay. Surprisingly competent. Okay. Won't ask you to put it in context. No. <laughs> Let's jump into love hate then. That's Let's a better here. by Jay right yeah. there. Love hate running backs is where we kick yeah. things off and Tony Pollard leaves the lo- leads the love list because he's got the Giants defense. Listen, it's been a disappointing fantasy season and a disappointing fantasy stretch for Tony Pollard, but the bottom line is Barry, this is a Pretty nice matchup where the, G- the Cowboys are expected to steamroll the Giants. Pollard and Pollard managers are are down bad. To your point, you're very kind, but let's let's be clear that Tony Pollard has been it's, while it has been inconsistent this year. When he sees more than 15 touches, he's averaging 18.6 fantasy points per game. Teams that face the Giants are averaging 27 running back touches a game. So we feel pretty good about the fact that Tony Pollard is going to get at least 15 touches against the New York football Giants. And every running back that's seen at least 15 touches against the Giants has scored a touchdown. So if Tony Pollard can't get it going against the G-Men, I don't know what to tell you, but I have him as a top five play. He's a love. I, we talked about this yesterday. The line 16 and a half, the Cowboys minus 16 and a half. And I don't think that's nearly big enough. Again, Tommy DeVito against a red-hot Dak Prescott. It's not fair. The Cowboys' defense is elite. Dak is playing really well. The Giants' defense is going to be overmatched in this one. They should be up and big and getting Tony Pollard going in the second half. Yeah, so the line for this game on Sunday night opened as Cowboys minus 15.5, and, and I messaged the buddy saying, this is surely way too low. And then he replied saying, I don't know. I don't know how to contextualize lines and being way too low when he gets like 15.5, 16.5, but it's so hard to see the Giants staying within 20 in this game with Tommy DeVito no and what offense. they've shown. Yeah. No uh, pass. No and passing. how the Cowboys are playing on offense themselves. Yes. It, that, I mean, that's the other thing. Like, I mean, like, they beat the, when the, earlier in the season when the, when the Cowboys' offense stunk, they yeah. beat this line. They matched this. And that was with Daniel Jones. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, and now you've got Tommy DeVito. Like, I, I'll, and listen. Tommy DeVito, like me, is a Syracuse guy. I'm rooting for him, but let's be clear. So far, it does not look like he's ready for prime time. No, and Tony Pollard in that first game was, even though he only had the 14 carries, still went for 70 yards and two touchdowns. Next one on the love list, Brees Hall on Sunday Night Football against the Las Vegas Raiders. Jay, Brees comes in as RB8 for Barry this week. It's been a tough go for the Jets' offense with Zach Wilson, but if you're looking for any positives from a fantasy perspective, 
Brees Hall's volume has officially moved over to being the guy. They've kind of passed away the Dalvin Cook, Michael Carter experience. Hall leads this backfield. Definitely. I think the key thing for him is he just looks explosive. He always looks like he's on the verge of breaking one, even in a hopeless situation. And I think that after what happened against the Chargers, I don't, they're going to try and avoid Zach Wilson dropping back as much as possible and putting him in the sight lines of Max Crosby. I think they will try and run the ball, screen passes to Brees. I think through volume alone uh, that he'll provide value, but I don't, I don't trust the efficiency just with that line. No, no, it's fair. But, I mean, you know, I think they will try to get him in space and try to use him in the passing game as well. And not only to the fact of, like, they want to try to protect Zach and the offensive line is a disaster, and that's one strength of the Raiders, this is how you attack Las Vegas. Like, they're bad against the run. I mean, we uh, in a game in which the Giants couldn't do anything, Saquon still had over 100 yards against them last week. Two weeks ago, we saw Jameer Gibbs have his complete breakout game against the Raiders. They allow, this is what they're averaging. Their average is over 150 yards from scrimmage to opposing running backs. As you mentioned, no Dalvin Cook, no Michael Carter. They're not really involved. This should be a huge game for Brees Hall, who is averaging 20 touches a game over the last four. Again, running backs who have gotten at least 18 touches against Las Vegas are averaging 19.5 fantasy points per game. You mentioned it. He's my RB8. He makes the love list. I'm, ex- you know, again, love list is all about exceeding expectations. My belief is that the expectations on Brees and the entire Jets offense is down because of what we had to witness last week. But I think better days are ahead. Yep. Our next one here, Aaron Jones. For Con- everyone except for Connor Rogers, who's going to have to talk about this game afterwards. Yeah. Extensively. Well, the problem is, too, is that I think it's, it's Bills and Dolphins after this for the Jets, right? So if they don't win this game, yes, Bills, trouble. Dolphins on Black Friday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're going to be 5-8 if you don't you win get this it, one. It, it's okay. a, yeah. Yeah. So this is a, a must-win for the Jets. It's yeah. a big game, no doubt. Our next one here, Aaron Jones, coming off a week where he had a season-high 24 touches. Uh, that was the most, by the way, since week 10 of last season. Now he's got the Steelers buried. Uh, hang on. And, and what did he do last week when he got the 24 touches? Did he have a monster game? He produced. Yes! This is what happens when you free Aaron Jones. When you hashtag free Aaron Jones, he produces. It's not that hard. Why, coaching, why is it hard? It doesn't seem that hard to coach in the NFL. Hey, you're at the goal line. You need a touchdown. Give it to Bijan Robinson. Yeah. They, like, did you see the quote from Arthur Smith? By the way, yeah. I, yes, I'm turning a love on Aaron Jones into a me. Uh, hate, again. On Arthur Smith. hate on Arthur Smith. <laughs> but again, like... Arthur Smith was like, yeah, we need to be better in the red zone. I'm not really sure what's going on. Like, yeah, it's a puzzler when you're, <laughs> when you're giving jet sweeps to John U. Smith instead of, you know, Bajon Robinson, who everyone agrees is like one of the elite running back prospects of the last decade. Yeah, it's a, it's a mystery. Why run Here's, the ball with Aaron Jones when you can throw to Dontavian Wicks? Yeah. I mean, exactly. Coaching it's isn't that hard. No. I, it doesn't feel like it is. Like, no. I coach my daughter's basketball <laughs> okay, team. Here we go. Right? And I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying – 12 and under girls basketball is the same as the NFL. It kind but of do, implies you are but, a little bit. But, <laughs> a little but bit. I will tell you, I will tell you that some of the principles still apply. Because you know what I do? You know what I do with these 12-year-old and under girls? I play my best players. Now, listen, it's participation. Everyone gets to play and that kind of stuff. We only had seven girls. So it's a tight rotation. But you know what? It's not that we went undefeated. We won the title last year. We literally didn't lose a game. And you know why? Because when it came down to crunch time, I'd be like, Josie, you got the ball. Everyone get the ball to Josie because Josie's our best player. That's wow. right. Shades of uh, Michael Malone last night. The Nuggets just... came saying that minutes are not, not a charity. I'm not a charity. No. I play Justin Holliday. No. Aaron Jones, your best player. Free Aaron Jones. Anyway, I'm at running free back Josie. Yeah, free Josie. Right. <laughs> Josie's not free, though. No, yeah. Josie is free. She's yeah. running free. Jo- Josie's my it's... tallest girl. She was great in the paint. Yes, we fed Josie. <laughs> yeah. 
What are you talking about? I ran a, t- I ran a, I ran a two-three zone because you know what? Twelve-year-old 12-year- girls don't know how to how to shoot yeah. over a twelve-two-three yeah. zone. So I literally would. I just said, "All right, Josie, you're there. Sophia, you're there. Other so we had two Sophias. The, uh, Sophia, you're there. Samantha and Brooke, you're up top. Yeah. Here's what we're doing." Yeah, and Grace, when you come in, you're sliding over there. Yeah, I had a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, you don't understand. Undefeated. We went undefeated. (laughs) I'm just telling you. Because apparently had Victor Wembanyama and Josie just patrolling the (laughs) pipe. She's a tall girl. Uh, Anyway, uh, Aaron, back to Aaron Jones. (laughs) Steelers have allowed the fifth most receptions per game. Uh, I'm sorry. Steelers have allowed the fifth most yards per reception to running backs. He's had over a 16% target share the last three weeks as well. He's five targets every game. He's coming off of a game where he's very productive, came out of it healthy. I'm as a top 12 play against the Steelers. Free Aaron Jones. Free Aaron Jones. Coach like I coached Josie. Damn it. Take notes, Matt LaFleur. Some others receiving votes here. Javante Williams, he's got the Bills. He comes in as a top 20 play. Najee Harris against the Packers. Oh, RB 22. How about that, Jay? Tyler uh, Algier. And Antonio Gibson round out this list as well. Jay, take the floor. Najee Harris, top 22 running back. Najee Harris, yes. Yeah, Steelers, three-point favorites. Their offensive line. That was the first time I've seen space for a Steelers running back in so long against the Titans. The Titans which still have a run, good run defense. Najee Harris with Broderick Jones playing a little bit more, Connor. Yeah, it looks, uh, looks like it's a solid kind of pick for I me at the end of the sixth round. I, I play, your first, play your first round pick, by the way. I, I literally wrote in my column, my love-hate column, which will be out uh, very soon for free, as always, on rotoworld.com. But so Najee Harris is part of the others receiving votes, and I literally wrote, please no one tell Jay Croucher, <laughs> yeah. but. <laughs> but no one well, since week three, he's that averaging 16 touches a game. He's had three straight games with at least a 12% target share. He's going against the Packers, to your point, right? They are favored here. Like, Najee Harris could be usable, certainly this week. I like Javante Williams, who's had 48 touches over the past two games. He's coming off the bye, so should be fully healthy and back and ready. Planet Bills, which is, they've really struggled defensively. They're top five in terms of highest yards per carry allowed to opposing running backs. Tyler Algier, look, we all think Arthur Smith should use Bijan Robinson, but just because what we think doesn't mean what he's going to do. I actually do think Bajan, after all the press and everything like that, I do think, especially against Arizona, he has a big game here. But it's worth noting that Tyler Algier has out-touched, not out-carried, out-touched Bajan Robinson in the red zone this year, 26 to 12. It's insanity. They use the eighth overall pick on this guy. (laughs) And Tyler Algier in the red zone, in crunch time, when you need to get into the end zone, Tyler Algier, 26 touches, Bijan Robinson, your eighth overall pick, 12. Anyway, teams facing the Cardinals average a league-high 26 running back rushes per game. I think both guys get a lot. You're already starting Bajan, but I do think Algier is a viable flex. And Antonio Gibson, commanders are underdogs in a big way on the road at Seattle. And so as they've been so pass-heavy, Gibson got a season-high 11 touches last week. He's had back-to-back games with five receptions. He's more of a floor play than an upside play. But I do think given game script against the Seahawks, he's a viable PPR flex this week. Yep. Last thing on Najee Harris. Uh, I know we're Kevin O'Connell Coach of the Year men. He's oh. our horse. I'd like to add another man into the, into the carriage, so to speak. I'm not sure that really works. But yeah. anyway, Mike Tomlin, if yep. he wins... All of a sudden, that team somehow is 6-3. and three. He's 22-1 to one to win Coach of the Year, and they're plus 850 to win the division. If he wins the division, if he wins the division he with Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow, then he has to win Coach of the he Year. To. So 22-1 to one doesn't reconcile with plus 850 to win the I, division. I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to this, and I should, but has he ever won Coach no, of the Year? he's never finished he top five. Yeah. Which is insane to me. It's completely insane. It's insane, insane to me. I mean, like, he is so good, and maybe it's because... 
And it's weird because the media loves him. Like, he's really good in front of a crowd. Like, he's a really great, you know, he's a charismatic guy. Um, he was just on juggernaut teams and teams that, like, you know, they won the Super Bowl and so greatness was expected. It's like how Andy Reid is never in this conversation. But now he doesn't have, you know, Super Bowl MVP right. Ben Roethlisberger. Right, type, no. But now he's got Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think because the Steelers have been so good for so long and he took over for Cower and they were just like, you know, he probably doesn't get credit that's as much key. as he should. This but anyone... Should. Anyone that's ever followed Antonio Brown on social media <laughs> should understand what a genius Mike Tomlin is because no one knew what they were dealing with with A.B. when he was in Pittsburgh. That was kept under wraps. Any of it. That was kept under wraps. And then he leaves Pittsburgh and all of a sudden, like, oh, oh, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. It's really one of the more remarkable things of our life. They should I'm get just, late and coach of the year votes for that. For he Antonio really should. Brown. They should go back and redo Anyway. I'm with you. Mike Tomlin is one. Of, I don't understand how he's never been like top three because he is a great, great yep. coach. Yep. He's unbelievable. And he, to your point, he's done a great job with nothing this year. Yep. 22 to 1. Let's take a look at the running back hate list. This is headlined by Gus Edwards. You know who, what? He's like, he's like me. He's like, why? I mean, honestly, why? he's even better coach than me because, I mean, I had Josie. <laughs> right, yeah. I had you the had Sophie, star I had talent. The, yeah. I had star talent. Yeah. He's yeah. doing this with, you know. With Kenny Pickett. With Kenny Pickett. Yeah. With smoking mirrors. You did try he to missed, victory he... lap your scheme, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, two, three zones. I'm just, like, I'm just telling you, anyone out yeah. there that's that's coaching young kids, like, again, if they. TJ Watt. TJ Watt is his Josie. Is they, yeah, I yeah. just. I believe that comparison's been um, made I, a lot. I would say both of my. The two Sophias were also really good, too. Like, I had. I kind of had Cam Harrod and Alex Heisman. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Like, on the wing. Okay. Yeah, Sophia was the fastest girl in the league. Okay. Um, so we, we ran a lot of fast break stuff with her. All right. Anyway, yeah. Transition so, team. Yeah, here. we were totally – we were transition yeah. GPS on yeah. Sophia. First day, of the, first day of the league, I said to the guy that runs the, the, you know, the league administrator, I said, like, is there any rules on defense? And they said, well, you can't – you know, you have to let them bring it up. You can't, can't press. Full court press. Uh, no full court – you can't full court press. Very no, no, yeah, you, you can't full court press. You got to let them bring it up. You know, you, you can't play defense. And I said, is that – that's the only rule? And they're like, yeah. I said, I can play a zone? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, done. Yeah. Well, I went to Syracuse. Yeah. Of course we're doing the 2 3 zone. Yeah. Modern day Nick Nurse over here. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying. Well, we Nick went Nurse undefeated. Day, so the results yeah. speak for themselves. Yeah, okay. The results speak for themselves. Yeah. I'm, like the, I'm like the Belichick of under 12 girls there, basketball. There yeah. we go. Well, he's about to get fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, his, his tenure's up. Back yeah. to Gus Edwards, who is on the hate list. Listen, he's got Cleveland this week we know how touchdown reliant Gus Edwards is although that's been working but Barry comes in as RB 24 for you this week against that Browns defense yeah I mean that's the that's the concern right obviously you don't love the matchup here two times the Browns have allowed a rushing touchdown to an opposing running back only twice this year that's tied for third fewest in the NFL I have to believe and this is somebody who has a lot of Lamar Jackson so I have to believe regression is coming here he hasn't been throwing any touchdown passes they've been so good on the ground 17 of the Ravens 27 touchdowns this year are running touchdowns you have to believe something is coming here through the air as as well there that rate that rushing touchdown rate is 63%. The previous three seasons, it's been below 50%. Now, get it. It's Todd Munkin this year, whereas before it wasn't. But still, I have to believe positive touchdown regression is coming to the passing game here as well. If Gus Edwards doesn't get into the end zone, he averages under six fantasy points per game. He is touchdown dependent. And seeing the emergence of Keaton Mitchell last week and Justice Hillstone getting them work, so maybe suddenly this is a three-headed monster. So, anyway, I'm just nervous about him against the Browns, who don't give up a lot of touchdowns. And if he doesn't score, um, he's not that good because he, he has no passing game involvement. Gus Edwards is running back 24 for me this week. 
And in that same game, just to quickly, yeah. against Baltimore, Jerome Ford also makes the hate list. Look, in two games since his ankle injury, he's averaging under three yards per carry. He's had just 81 yards on 29 carries. Over the last four weeks, Kareem Hunt outtouched Ford 12-2 in the red zone. He's not getting the red zone work as well. Baltimore top 10 in terms of fan, fewest fantasy points allowed to opposing running back since week six. So, Jerome Ford outside my top 25. Brown's also six and a half point dogs in that game. And I like the Ravens at six and a half. I mean, the two good teams that the Ravens have played lately, the Lions and the Seahawks, I think are in the same zone as the Browns. They've been in both by 30. They've eviscerated yeah. them. So I think the Ravens are just a juggernaut, and uh, I don't see Cleveland keeping up with it them. It does feel like people are sleeping on Baltimore, as insane as that sounds, because it feels like people are just like, ah, Seattle sucks. Like, yeah. they see games like that, and they're just like, ah, whatever. Seattle had a bad day at the office. Like, whatever. Like, they're just not getting credit. You're right. For just like, Seattle's a good team. Yeah. Seattle's a good team, and they destroyed them. They beat Detroit like 38 That was the giveaway. <laughs> Detroit's good. Yeah. Yeah, yes. It started to finally yes. trend. I know Baltimore opened the week, I think, at about 12 to 1 Super Bowl, and yeah, that's no, gone down to 8 to 1. You're, look, yeah, yeah, 8 to 1. So, but it's still been a slow trickle. Like, people weren't buying it for a while, and everyone's like, wait I a second. People realize, like, Baltimore is, like, way better than Miami. Like, Baltimore is yes. way a better class. Yes. And I don't think that's completely registered yet. What are, the, what are the Super Bowl odds in the AFC? I would assume Kansas City is still the favorite. Kansas City And then probably Cincinnati and Miami are rising up there. I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore's fourth. I haven't looked I think at this. They think now they're number two, Now right? they've flipped. But they're still in the same – they're plus 450 to win the AFC. The Bengals are 6-1. to one, The Dolphins are 6-1. to one. Like, there should be more separation with the Ravens from those teams. Like, the Ravens are heavy favorites to win their division. The Bengals are bigger than plus 300 just to win their own division. Right. So they're in, in trouble there, and they'll have to go on the road three times most likely. Yeah. Go our Ravens. our yeah, final one Ravens. on the hate list here, Jay, Chuba Hubbard. He's got the Bears tonight on Thursday Night Football. And for all the Chicago's problems in the secondary, it's been a bit of the opposite against running backs. And now they add Montez Sweat to that front. I don't understand it, but Chicago have the number one most efficient run defense in the NFL. It's just that's bizarre. Correct. But that's, that's just how it is at the moment. Their secondary is terrible, and that's how you exploit them. But I don't think Carolina's going to be able to run the ball because no one's able to run the ball in Chicago. Yeah, they've been really good there. And also, I think it's a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy in the fact yeah. that like, why do we, we're not going to try to run because we don't need to exactly. because their secondary is so bad. So some of those metrics, but you're right. I mean, like, for whatever, regardless of the reason, the fact of the matter is, is over the last month, no team in the NFL has allowed fewer rushing yards per game than the Chicago Bears. Hubbard, by the way, is averaging just 3.4 yards per carry. And I also feel like on the road on a short week, like the maybe we saw Miles Sanders play a little bit more last week than he did the week before. And now Thursday night, quick turnaround, the game's in Chicago. So you feel like maybe Sanders gets even more work tonight, try to take a little bit of the load off of Hubbard. He's my running back 30 this week. Get your weekday started with Bet the Edge. Join Jay and Drew Dinsick. We're promoting this again? As they tackle the biggest <laughs> games from every angle in the NFL, NBA, Those and smiles. more. So whether you're targeting spreads and totals, looking for value in futures markets, or circling player props, Jay and Drew have you covered oh. with new episodes every oh, weekday. Jay gets, Jay gets top billing on yeah. that show? Look at Drew's hair. But look at, look at Jay's picture. <laughs> Would it have killed you to, to shave? Nah, for the To, nah. to shave no, no, for the... It's a betting show. They don't have time to shave. Oh, yeah. I'm a degenerate. I don't shave. Exactly. I'm you too get busy it. crunching numbers. Yeah, it's an edgy show. Bet the edge. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Players Union today put out like a statement about how players have been complaining about the fines and how frequent they've been this year. Does it feel like the NFL's been tougher on you guys than in previous years? Uh, I have no comment about that. I, I'm not trying to get fined anymore, so... Uh... I mean, they're doing a pretty good job from my perspective. <laughs> uh, yes, I've tried to appeal. Tried is the key word. Because yeah. they released the, the thing saying how many. Yeah, uh, I got all of them back. They did not get appealed. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> okay, Metcalf, wisely not trying to get fined anymore. Listen, we're all here so we don't get fined. That's right. DK Just Metcalf wisely Just. avoiding that situation. Yes, exactly. And DK Metcalf headlines the love list for pass catchers. He's got your commanders this yeah. week, Barry. Looking good for DK Metcalf, yeah. Mr. Wide Receiver 10 going into the week. Yeah, you know, so here's something you could tweet if you want to on Sunday. T-Y, DK. Thank you, DK. Mm. For the sweet, sweet fantasy points. Look, the fact content is, plan. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I missed the Josie content. Take notes, social media. Josie content was way better than that. Yeah. <laughs> They're not on winners. Uh, I was up all night writing my column. Uh, look, the fact is, is that my commanders are bad. They're not so good. They're stinky. Uh, they've allowed the second most touchdowns to wide receivers this season. They've allowed the most yards on deep passes. Metcalf, obviously, top 10 in average depth of target. They like to take deep shots. This game is at home. I have to believe positive touchdown regression. It's coming for DK Metcalf. He leads the NFL with 11 end zone targets, but has converted only two of them. That changes on Sunday. I think he gets into the end zone. I think he's a top 10 play. He comes in at my wide receiver 10, and he is, in fact, on the love list. He is here, so he doesn't get fined. So, Matthew, on fantasy football pregame on Sunday, on yes. proper shot, I took DK Metcalf over 54 and a half receiving yards. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't paying that much attention to the Seattle-Baltimore game after it got out of hand. Yeah. But I saw that DK had a 50-yard reception in the second quarter. I was like, all right, tick, it's home. He went under. That yeah, was his only reception for the game. He went one for 50. Yeah. It's such a bizarre line. He had four targets. But that I agree. A, that was a bad beat. Yeah, that was a strange one to lose. Uh, but anyway, Commander's fourth worst pass defense by efficiency. So I think DK will get right. Yeah. Jay, how about Michael Pittman coming in for various wide receiver 12 and simply with Gardner Minshew Pittman gets a ton of volume in this offense. And he's got the Patriots who run out of corners week after week. Yep. I think the main thing to look at when you're studying props or which players to use is simply if there are like massive disparities between how good a team is defending the run and defending the pass. Now, the Patriots are excellent defending the run and terrible defending the pass. And that's why Sam Howe threw for a bunch of yards against them, why Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson both went over. I think this is the same recipe. I think it's going to be Gardner Minshew throwing. And I think Michael Pittman should have a big game. All right, Calvin Ridley also on the list. He's got the 49ers. He comes in as wide receiver 20. But, Barry, for Calvin Ridley, he's got at least eight targets in three of his past four games. Yeah, and by the way, the Niners, we've talked about this going into the bye. Their defense has struggled. Uh, They, in fact, have allowed the third most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers over the last four weeks. 
They've also allowed the second most receptions to perimeter wide receivers this season, which is obviously where Ridley lines up the majority of the time as Christian Kirk is their slot guy. So in a game in which we like the Niners offense to bounce back with the return of Debo, the return of Trent Williams we're hoping for, um, we think you know they're going to have to throw to keep up with the Niners. Calvin Ridley is a top 20 play for me this week. Our last one here, Dalton Schultz. Listen, Jay, the last four weeks for Dalton Schultz, he's been one of the better tight ends in fantasy as this Texans offense goes. He's got the Bengals this week, and the Bengals, much like the Eagles in a similar way, good team, but they struggle against opposing tight ends. Yep, they do. And uh, if you recall, Connor, I believe in round 14 of our show league draft, this Matthew right. laughed me out of the room yep. for drafting Dalton Kincaid well against the Bucks, 10 for 130 and a tutty. How do you like me now, Matthew? Unfortunately, I cut Dalton Kincaid after week three, yeah. so I wasn't there to reap the benefits. So I like you quite a bit, actually, <laughs> yeah. to be perfectly honest but with you. But I do think that he's going to be part of this offense going forward, uh, the fact that he can put up that production from the tight end position. Now, it's very uneven for Dalton Kincaid. The week before that, he went uh, two catches for five yards against the Panthers, which isn't ideal. But Stroud does seem to be developing a rapport with him, goes to him on that key fourth and goal there. So I think Dalton Kincaid in a favorable matchup. Uh, is starter viable. And Dalton Schultz. Sorry, well. Dalton Schultz. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Too All many right. Daltons at tight yes. end. Yeah. They get rid of one of them. A very Dalton-heavy tight end field in fantasy. Some others receiving votes. Hollywood Brown, thanks to the return of Kyler Murray, Tank Dell. I heard Tank Dell's going to be a thing this year, Matthew. Drake he London. Is. Jahan Dotson back and looking good. Finally involved in this offense. Jake Ferguson has had yeah. a really good stretch here at the Cowboys offense. And shocking at a big game against the Eagles. Finally, Taysom Hill, he's just he's just not going away. Yeah, he he really isn't. Like over the last four weeks, he's the second best tight end in fantasy. <laughs> yeah, he's had three straight games with double digit opportunities, rushes and targets. In a world in which most tight ends are touchdown dependent, why wouldn't you trust a guy that has multiple ways to score a touchdown? Not just catching, but obviously they use him as a red zone threat. He sometimes will throw the ball as well. I will say Ferguson, when these teams played, when the Giants and the Cowboys played, he had a twenty eight percent target share. Uh, I like him a, a bunch as a top 10 play this week. Um, look, a couple of ones that have a caveat a little bit. I'm assuming Drake London plays. You never know. But if he plays, I do like him with Heineke against a Cardinals team that allows the third highest catch rate to wide receivers. And uh, Jahan Dotson, again, Curtis Samuel returned to practice in a limited fashion. Dotson's production, as we talked about yesterday, has come the last couple of weeks. I still think he'll do well against Seattle, which has allowed the second-highest catch rate to the slot, and Dotson's played some slot even when Samuel's been out there. But certainly I would lower expectations for Dotson if Samuel is a full go on Sunday. We'll wait to see how that happens. You mentioned Tank Dell. 89% route participation the last two weeks uh, since he returned uh, as well. And Hollywood Brown, we talked about him. With the return of Kyler Murray, um, this is something he should be targeted off, and he's gotten almost a 30% target share in the Cardinals offense this year. When Kyler Murray was his quarterback last year, he averaged over 17 fantasy points per game. Falcons give up the six most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers over the last month. Yep, Jake Ferguson's the interesting one to me. He's had 15 and 22 fantasy points the past two games. Dak missed him as well a couple of times. Seems like they have a really good rapport. I don't know how this has happened, but the Dallas offense seems to be CeeDee Lamb or Jake Ferguson. These yeah. other guys, Gallup, Cooks, and Tony Pollard to an extent, they just seem to be marginalized. And it's working. That's yeah. what's yeah. kind of yeah. crazier for it the Dallas working. offense right now. Let's move over to the hate list, starting with a former Cowboy, Amari Cooper. Oh. 
He's got. That, he that was a it. professional transition. That's right. That's an Emmy-nominated transition. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you very yeah, not much. Not an Emmy-winning transition. No, no, no. Not nomi- an Emmy-nominated. Emmy-nominated. Next Maybe year. next year. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yes. next year. Amari uh, Cooper. Todd Zeal has transitions like that in his sleep. Yeah. Amari Cooper, wide receiver, twenty-nine. We talked about it, guys. The Ravens, not only uh, one of our favorite maybe Super Bowl odds right now, but it's also because some, how good their defense has been this season. They've been fantastic. In the last seven games, two. Count them two. You can count them with two fingers. How many touchdowns the Ravens have allowed to opposing wide receivers? Two touchdowns in their past seven games. In fact, over that stretch uh, since week four, Baltimore allows the second fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, and only two wide receivers have had more than 63 yards against Baltimore. You feel good about the fact that he does get a big target share and Watson's playing and not P.J. Walker, but still hard for me to get Amari Cooper inside my top 25. He comes in at wide receiver 29. Lower expectations for Amari Cooper on Sunday. Yep, second-best defense against the pass, Baltimore. They're a little bit weaker against the runs, and I think that Cleveland will want to lean on that as much as possible, even if they don't have a ton of success. Not really like yeah. any Brown in this matchup, certainly not excited about the Sean Watson either. So, yeah, I would be, uh, if you can find anyone else to fill that role, I would do so. Yeah. And a theme of today's love, hate, Jay, has been a lot of Browns and Ravens. And we yeah. continue that with Zay Flowers, also on the hate list here. And for Zay Flowers, it, to me, though, Barry, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's not just the matchup. There no. are serious questions about usage right now in this offense as well. It's all so close to the line of scrimmage. Over the last four games, his average up to the target is 6.4 yards. 73% of his targets are under 10 air yards. So it's all this close to the line of scrimmage stuff. And so when you think about uh, throws below 10 yards, these close throws, Browns allow the fewest yards per game. In fact, only one game this season has a wide receiver caught more than five passes against Cleveland. And we've talked about, we expect positive regression, but the fact is the Ravens have been running the ball so effectively. And you know Mark Andrews is going to get his. If I had to start a Ravens wide receiver, it's Zay Flowers. But I don't feel great about him in this matchup. He's outside my top 30 for the week. Yeah, I think that yeah, outside of Andrews and Lamar, there's no one you want in this matchup. This Cleveland defense is still the best in the league. Now, Baltimore might take that mantle on Sunday, but until that point, Cleveland have the best passing defense in the league and the third best rushing defense. This is still, and a lot of that's biased by Clayton Toon, to be fair, but still, this is an incredible Still defense. counts. Our final pass catcher on the hate list, Jacoby Myers on Sunday Night Football against the Jets. It's not just the Jets' corner duo or trio, Jay, that they have to worry about here. His target share has gone down since Aiden O'Connell has taken over. Yeah, it wasn't great the first, the early Aiden O'Connell game against the Chargers as well. Devante was the guy that he looked for. And against this elite Jets defense and with Sauce Gardner and DJ Reid out there, yeah, I think that you want to look elsewhere than Jacoby Myers in your flex. I love the stat. The Jets have yet to allow 45 or more receiving yards to multiple wide receivers in the same game. So if you're like, there's only one guy that's getting to 45 yards, you feel better about Devontae Adams, who's gotten a much bigger target share from Aiden O'Connell than you do about Jacoby Myers. I get it. He scored a touchdown last week, but that was like on reverse run. It's hard to see Myers doing that again against the Jets. He's just wide receiver 37 for me this week. We move over to the quarterbacks, headlined by Joe Burrow against the Texans this week. Joe Burrow comes in as QB2 for you, Barry, and simply, Joe Burrow is looking like the MVP candidate, finally, that we all expect him to be year after year. There's no question about it. So, since week five, over the past four weeks, he's averaging 21.8 fantasy points per game. He's had at least two touchdown passes in every single game, and since week five, Texans allow the third most passing yards per game. I mean, we just saw Baker Mayfield have a huge game against them as well. So the Bengals, who are tied for the highest implied team total this week, yeah. Burrow makes the love list, and you're like, great, Barry. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Yeah, we know. Everyone in the world is starting Joe Burrow. Here's why he makes the love list. 
He's my number two quarterback this week. I'm at QB two this week. So again, higher than expectations because I think most people would have him somewhere in the five or six range for the season. He's QB two for me this week. Yeah, Jamal, if Jamal Chase is out, that will hurt a bit. But he still has other weapons. T. Higgins looks like he's fully back and at 100. percent And Joe Burrow has shown that you know he can do the Patrick Mahomes thing where he spreads yeah. the ball around to lesser receivers. Absolutely. Our next one here, another top five in Barry's rankings. Dak Prescott comes in as QB four. J. Three straight games with 24-plus fantasy points for Dak. And like you said, it's been funneled through CeeDee Lamb and, of course, Jake Ferguson. His past three games, Dak Prescott has played like the best quarterback in yeah. the NFL. I don't think that's going to – you want to come join me on the Dak wagon? I mean, big, I'm, no, not I'm not Dak there guy. yet, but credit where credit is due. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. Dak has played really, really well the last few games. There's yep. no question. Yep, and now he gets the Giants' past defense, which doesn't frighten you at all. And now the Cowboys, they still just cannot run the ball against anyone, which I still don't understand, but I do think they will continue to move through the air at least for three quarters, and Dak – uh, I think it might be a similar game to the one that he had against the Rams, where that game got out of hand in a hurry, and he started a massive fantasy day. A lot of Cowboys love this week, Barry, uh, on the love list. It, Giants matchup. They, Giants matchup. Right game for Tony Pollard. 100%. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Dak and, yeah. Another uh, – And Jake, Jake Ferguson, Tony Pollard. Only C.D. Lamb, my guy. My buddy Eights didn't make the love list, but, you know, he's, he's a – Permanent love. One thing as well is that I think people will be scared off by that matchup thinking like, oh, 16 and a half point favorites, Dak just isn't going to play in the second half. Well, the good thing about playing Tommy DeVito is that he's not going to be eating time off the clock. Like, they're just going to be punting back to the Cowboys. Even if he only plays three quarters, he's going to get plenty of drives, Dak. There's good, and by the way, probably really good field posi- yeah. position as well, you know, um, because there'll probably be some turnovers in Giants territory. So, uh, yeah, he may only need three quarters, yeah. to, you know, or even a half to get there for you. Uh, someone else on the list, by the way, Sam Howell. Another Hall NFC East quarterback. Future Hall of Famer Sam Howell. Now, before you say, Barry, you homer, I just want to point this out. Barry, you homer. Since week four, he's the fifth best quarterback in fantasy. All right, he's averaging over 20 fantasy points per game. He's had at least 40 pass attempts in five of the past six games. We talked about this. Commanders, six-point underdogs on the road at Seattle. And three of the four quarterbacks who have attempted at least 35 passes against the Seahawks have thrown for over 300 yards. So, again, I am a homer, but this is a reasoned and well-researched homer call, not just a pure homer call. I mean, he's second in the league in passing yards. I mean, he's got more on. passing yards than Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I, I mean, yeah. He puts up numbers. He really does. I'm a QB7. I'm a QB7. Like, you guys all laughed at me for my preseason Sam Howell love, but the fact of the matter is, is that fantasy-wise, he's been terrific this year. It hasn't always been pretty. It's been some junk time but or furious comebacks, but... Their defense is terrible, yep. and it's not going to get – I mean, it, it got worse with Sweat and Young being That's traded. That's a, a very sneaky thing is that it's only gotten worse. He's going to continuously throw. We talked a lot this week on the show about Eric Bieniemy's passing rate overexpected right now. Yeah. I mean, the commanders are right there. They're going to let Sam Howell keep doing this. Yeah, They're I think back to the Bears game where they threw it 50 times <laughs> in a row. Whatever in a row. it was, I'm completely insane. Crazy. Some others receiving votes here for the quarterbacks. Brock Purdy, we talked yeah. about how the 49ers are getting healthy in the right places. Uh, Russell Wilson, he's got a very banged up, depleted, and right now just not a very good Bills defense. And then Geno Smith, who's had a disappointing fantasy season, but he still comes in as a top 15 play this week because of the matchup against the Commanders, Jay. 
What do you think's wrong with the Bills' defense, Connor? Because you look at the name, like they still have some good players they on do. that defense, but do you think Milano, White, just so uh, integral to their structure, is just all falling apart? Milano's a key piece. He's one of the most underrated defenders in the league, but the safeties have gotten old really yeah. quickly. I mean, that poyer Micah High duo was one of the most consistent and best in the league for a long, long time, and it feels like their age has caught up to them a little bit. They've both had a lot of injuries over the years. They've been ramping up Von Miller back into it. They didn't have Von out of the gate. They just have a lot of different problems. A lot of it's injury-related. A lot of it's falling off. And schematically, I know Sims has pointed this out a lot, and a lot of people here at NBC see it. Like the Bills against the Bengals, for instance, when they drop back in zone, they can get picked apart without those elite players in that zone. The craziest thing is, I, I think it's still, although the Jets lost, if the playoffs started today, are they in the playoffs? Or are, they in, are they in as the last seed? They might be the last seed, they but the they're teetering, and they've got a really hard schedule to come. They could Brutal. absolutely miss the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, which would be insane for yeah. a team that was flirting with Super Bowl favoritism to start the season. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be a, a big fall for Grace. And that, I mean, and by the way, fl- they flirting with missing the playoffs in a year in which Aaron Rodgers missed the entire season, right? Yep. I mean, because in the coming into the year, a lot of people thought that, and the Jets are still uh, uh, eligible for the playoffs, you know. But like, you feel like if Rodgers had stayed healthy. It's they, a better Jets team than they than the and they lost to Zach Wilson. Right. They, they lost, can't lose they that lost next Zach Jets Wilson. game. They lost to the Patriots and they let Mac Jones drive down the field. They were a very lucky non-pass interference call from losing to Tyrod Taylor and the right. Giants. Like That's right. They've brought this upon they, themselves. They should have losses. lost to the Giants. Yep. They absolutely should have lost to the Giants. That was a brutal call. All right, let's move over to the hate list for quarterbacks. This one is headlined by Deshaun Watson, who's got the Ravens. He comes in as QB seventeen, and we know Barry the total. Did we do other well receiving votes? We did. Okay, I'm just making sure. I was well. No, I, I didn't miss it, but I mean, I was just going to talk about it. Yeah. We were, uh, please, we're, no. we're Brock Purdy. You want to talk Brock Purdy? No, nah, just just the fact that Jaguars allow the third most passing yards per game, six most fantasy points for opposing quarterbacks. Trent Williams, Debo Samuel back. I do think Brock Purdy is a top ten play this week. I do like Russell Wilson off the bye, who's playing better last couple of weeks very quietly. The last week, as we talked about with the Bills, that's how we got in. I know the, the last three quarterbacks to face. <laughs> no, I know, but like we, did, we, were, we just went off to like the Bills playoffs. I don't think we mentioned this right. just from a fierce fantasy perspective, which is that the last three quarterbacks to face the Bills have all scored at least nineteen fantasy points, and I do like Geno Smith against my terrible Commanders as well. All right, now we can move on to the okay. Deshaun Watson yes, hate, can. a classic moment of this show. Listen, yeah. Sean Watson, he is a top 20 quarterback this week, but we can't say it enough over and over again, Barry. The matchup against the Ravens, pretty ugly. And it's not like Watson has lit up a lot of good teams this year. At he's all. been There's been a couple of good games when he's been out there healthy, but you're right. He, it has definitely been an inconsistent year fantasy production-wise from Deshaun Watson. Seven of the nine quarterbacks, to, to your point about the Ravens' defense, seven of the nine quarterbacks that have faced Baltimore this year have scored below 13.5 fantasy points. Like, the Ravens are just really, really good. They allow passing touchdowns at the lowest rate. They allow a league low 5.5 yards per pass attempt. The Browns have the second lowest implied team total this week. Deshaun Watson is outside my top 15. I don't want... This feels like an ugly, ugly AFC North game. You're starting Lamar. You're starting Mark Andrews. You probably have to start... um, uh, Kareem Hunt as a flex, you don't have to, but like, like there's no one on. Again, Amari Cooper made the hate list, and Joku's a tight end too. Like, you don't feel good about any of the any of the offensive players in this game. No, and Deshaun came out and said that his shoulder is still an ongoing process, and you don't want an ongoing process against the Ravens' defense. Yes. Now the the Browns may well win this game, but I think it'll be because of Miles Garrett and not anything yes. they do on offense. 
Our final quarterback on the hate list, Kyler Murray's return, but still maybe some lukewarm feelings on that QB 15 right now. He hasn't played in a long time. I, that, that's the key, right? It's not, it's not a terrible matchup against Atlanta, and they're at home, and Kyler Murray is one of those guys that obviously can make, you know, can run for 40 yards, you know, easily on any on given play. But the concern is it's been 331 days since we've seen Kyler Murray on a football field. 30% of his fantasy points for his career, 30% of Kyler Murray's fantasy points for his career have come from rushing. And so in his first game back from a very serious knee injury, how much does he trust those legs to, you know, to run the way we've seen Kyler Murray run? And, you know, it's worth noting that the Falcons have allowed the seventh fewest yards for pass attempt. I get it. You know, they lost to Josh Dobbs, and Josh Dobbs ran all over him. I understand that. But this is a must-win for Atlanta. This is an important game for the Falcons' season. So I think their defense will show up in, uh, in a better way. I still have questions about the offense. But the Falcons do have a pretty good defense here. And so, again, I think Kyler Murray is a QB1 the rest of the season. But this week, he's just outside my top. I'm a QB15. He's a mid-tier QB2 this week just because, again, we haven't seen him in almost a year. Yep, that's fair. With this Falcons defense, I wonder if our perception of it is a little skewed by just the fact that they played an easy schedule. They played the yeah. NFC South. Yeah. They are a really good rushing defense. They're second in rushing efficiency against Alexander Madison. Not that he's amazing. He couldn't do anything against them. Yeah. And they can. They were the Vikings were able to move the ball through the air a little bit. Even Jaron Hall in his limited start, and then yeah. Josh Dobbs was as well. So. I would say if Kyler was right and full go, I would like the matchup a bit more. But sure. the fact that he is... That, by the way, he he's might. not going to be dropping back 50 times. In the yeah, I mean, he, by the way, he might. Again, like, I don't... Like, if... This is one I easily could be wrong on, right? It's, it's how lucky do you feel? Like, if we're on Monday morning, we're talking about, wow, Kyler looked awesome. I can't believe 300 yards and two touchdowns, you know, 50 yards rushing. That wouldn't shock me because he's got that ability in him. It's just... It's his first game back and just how lucky do you feel... And the guy's first game in almost a year. Yep. 331 days. That's all I'm saying. Applebee's is doing their part to honor those who have served our country on Veterans Day. So for the 16th straight year, all veterans and active duty military can enjoy a free meal this Saturday at your nearest Applebee's. Choose from multiple popular entrees, including a chicken tender platter or a six-ounce top sirloin, and add to the over 11 million meals Applebee's has contributed. Incredible job from Applebee's. We are taking our last break. When we're back, it's time for Last Call, our Thursday night football preview with our best bets for Bears-Panthers. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It's time for last call. Let's look into the most bet player pop props courtesy of our friends of DraftKings for Thursday night. Football is led by Chuba Hubbard rushing yards under 45 and a half, followed by Bryce Young passing touchdowns over one and a half. That's plus 190. Jaquan Brisker tackles and assisted tackles over five and a half. A Brisker bet. Yeah, that's <laughs> right out of my playbook. <laughs> Most popular. Bryce Young alternate passing yards 225 plus. That's even money. Bryce Young rushing yards over nine and a half. Jay. I feel like you don't lean with the public too much. Where are you looking at? No, leaning a little bit with the public. Uh, not quite the same bets. I'm taking Bryce Young over 218.5 passing yards, which doesn't sound like an amazingly fun bet on paper, no. given his game against the Colts. The three previous games before that, he averaged 203 passing yards. And the key here is just the matchup. The Bears have the best rushing defense in the league, as we were talking about, and they have the second-worst pass defense. So, to me, this is a pass-funnel defense, and so I think that Bryce Young is going to have to throw. I think he's shown enough flashes that we can ride off the Indianapolis game. That's not the guy he should be. He was much, much better the week before against Houston, so I think that he'll be able to pass and go over. I, I, I don't mind that bet. I also don't mind the over on his passing attempts Yeah, for, uh, with the same logic. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm with you as well. Got? I'm looking at the other side of this with Tyson Bajan. His mm-hmm. passing yards is set at 187.5. He's been well over 200 his last two yeah. starts. And once again, we've talked about this with the Panthers right now. No Brian Burns. I don't think he's going to be under duress a ton. That's a really, really low number. I like T-Bag to go over his passing yards. Total. Interesting, because my bet also involves T-Bag. But I am taking the over on half a pick. I, I think he, half sure. interception. <laughs> I think Tyson Bajant throws an interception tonight. Look, he's had five interceptions in the last two games. He's had at least one interception in three of the last four games as well. Look, yes, no Brian Burns and the, and the Carolina secondary is banged up. But think about this week. Justin Fields got some of the reps, like, and it's a short week. So Bajant got less reps than he normally does on a short week against a defense he hasn't really had time to prepare for. So Bajant, who has been a turnover machine since he's been a starter, Yeah, I think he throws an interception tonight. From a fantasy perspective, Jay, the Bears have had a lot of injuries coming into this game. We didn't know Fields would play. Same would be for Khalil Herbert. What are you looking at with this offense tonight against a depleted Panthers? Are you starting T-Bag? I'm not starting T-Bag, unfortunately. I think the most interesting thing is just the breakdown of work between Deonta Foreman and Roshan Johnson. On DraftKings, Deonta Foreman is set at 62.5 rushing yards in a revenge game, and Roshan Johnson is only at 23.5. I think we might see that get closer together as Roshan, another week removed from his concussion, which ruled him out. Uh, it's a high number on Deonta Foreman, I think. Yeah, like the rest of this game, look, Bajan and Young, you're not starting either of them. It, it's a bit of a mess with the running backs. You already heard me talk about Chuba Hubbard, my running back 30. Ideally, you're not doing there. I have Cole Komet as a top 10 fantasy tight end. He's had 16 receptions and 18 targets the last two weeks, and there is a connection between Bajan and Komet. He looks to him a lot. I'm still going with DJ Moore. Look, he's wide receiver 25. I think you have to bank uh, a bet on the target share, 27% target share from Bajan so far this year. But again, he's a risky wide receiver three because Carolina allows the seven fewest yards per game to wide receivers. He's been under six receiving yards in four straight games since that a monster breakout game against Washington. I'm at wide receiver 25. Again, I think he's a, he's a, he's a risk-reward wide receiver three. You're probably starting him based on talent, but again, he's my wide receiver 25, and if Fields were there, he'd be a lot higher. Yep. Also, I like Jonathan Mingo over 33.5 receiving yards. He just plays every snap, and a wide receiver that plays every snap against the Chicago secondary, I don't think can be 33.5 
We're saving I, I will. I will tell you on FantasyLife.com, we 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 do bets, and one of my guy at Fantasy Life loves Jonathan Mingo anytime touchdown tonight. Okay. So whatever yeah. you want. So we'll see if that that ends up uh, uh, panning out. So. If there's a big get right matchup for Bryce Young, gain some confidence, throw the ball a lot more. It's not the Bears' front. It's the Bears' secondary yeah, form. Let's yeah. see if he can do know, that tonight. This, yeah, this is the, the Deontay Come Foreman. On, uh, for De- America. Deontay, the Deontay Foreman and DJ Moore revenge game. That's right. <laughs> Can't wait. People well, listen, forget. go read Love, Hate on rotorworld.com. It's closing time, which means you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here for Jay Croucher, Connor Rogers, Josie, and the entire <laughs> Blue Jackets team. I'm Matthew Berry. Peace out. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.